I listen to the Black Guy You Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Hey, welcome to the Black Guy Tips podcast. I'm your host, Rod, and I'm always joined by my co-host, Karen. And we are live on Saturday night doing some podcasts. And we went to the movies uh, this morning mm-hmm. separately, but equally. Um, and... That's why we couldn't record this morning. We hopped on with three guys on. And so now you guys are getting like a uh, a, a dinner time Black Guy With Tips podcast. Uh, and it's all dedicated to you. Late evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all dedicated to you fans who listened and then replied and you looked in the show notes about ways to be heard on the show because that's what we're going to do today. We're going to hear you guys. We're listening. Uh, we're learning. We see you. We see you. And that's what's going to happen tonight is uh, we're going to do all that stuff and we're just going to go through your feedback. Uh, the official weapon of the show is. Taser. And an unofficial sport. Bullet ball. A bullet ball extreme. Um, all right. I'm feeling like I'm hearing a slight delay again, and now I'm wondering. Uh, but okay, we'll, right. Because you're responding slower. Yes, it might be another delay. Yeah, uh, I'm wondering if I switch browsers if this will work. Um, all right. Let me pause okay. this. All right. Through the miracle of time travel. Uh, hopefully, y'all didn't hear any of the disruption. If you're listening, it's later. Um, but yeah. <laughs> We're going to do feedback and we want to start start by, of course, uh, shouting out the people who took the time out of their busy lives to actually give us some money, you know, because yep. you didn't have to do that. But some y'all of y'all important. do. The real MVPs. Right. We need y'all to feel extra special, you know, uh, since y'all make us feel extra special with this money and this money for just existing. It's not money for premium where, like, you know, you're getting a bunch of shows. Not that we don't mind that. It's not money for just a tip. It's just money. May I have your attention? You are now listening to Charlotte's Own, Rod and Karen. You welcome the good folks who tithe to the Black Diary Tips. Today's a new day. Oh, yes. A new tomorrow, a new dollar. Let's talk about it. Chris from Hawaii, recurring donator. Cora the Tickler, April G, we appreciate you, Tabitha M, Alexis H, Marlon B, yes, Marlon B, uh, we got uh, girl Tanya S, uh, Wonga from Down Under, Dostra J, uh, we got um, a one-time recurrent, a one-time donation from Drew G, thank you, Drew. Um, mm-hmm. we got of course Shirley Wong Esquire. Please always and forever say to Esquire, she earned that shit. Tiffany yeah. B, Lindsay B, no relation. Uh, Mr. Span from the Span, uh, Mr. Span podcast. I believe that's the new name. J Four, uh, Alfonso M, and lastly Palmetto Stone Magic. Thank you so much, everybody. We appreciate y'all giving us money. We like to spend it. We like to have it. We like to hold it. And it always keeps us company. Thank you. This is the part they never get to in the white church. All right. Oh, no. Oh, never. <laughs> they wouldn't know what to do. It's too jazzy. Too yeah. upbeat. They're just like, oh, oh, oh. Uh, we have five-star reviews. You can leave them Yay! on Apple Podcasts and we'll read them on the air as long as they're nice. It's that simple. 
Um, and we got three new ones. Okay. Five star TBGWT signal. This is from Lil Sean John Wayne. <laughs> that's a great name. Uh, that's like a, a four on nerds. It's like a four on nerds uh, mashup there. Uh, I heard the five star review sing- the blackout tip signal go out to TikTok therapy show, and I had to jump into action. This is the pod that saves the day every time. To get so much great content virtually every week is amazing. Best of its kind in the game. Thank you, little Sean John Wayne. Thank you, baby. Uh, Tam Bam four 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 says all episodes. I love you guys. I've been listening for years out here in Houston by way of Florida. It's Come on a blessing. It's a blessing to see you, Rod and Karen, flourish over the years. Keep up the great work as always. Keep on tipping. Well, since since you from Texas, you know we not just gonna keep tipping. We are gonna be tipping on four foes, okay? Come on through four foes. Tam bam four forty four. Maybe that's what the four foes is for. Um, <laughs> and lastly, this is from D Money. I don't know how they got this one through the algorithm. Okay. Oh shit. Because the title is, and I I didn't know you could do this anti-coon review oh shit coon must not be on the list i, I don't I, I mean it seemed like i thought it would have been flagged but it but, seemed but, like one of the top a, ones yeah but apparently uh they they ain't got woke enough to know that that's one that's one that slipped through apparently until this moment i thought coon was one of them ones but i one guess they're the not one of, one of the band list people like i left the review and y'all never heard it well you put coon in there that's why right but apparently coon went through this is by D Money three thirty one who says, "Just another refresh. I love the both of you very much. Everything they do is amazing. Five star, five more stars. Just refreshing my review. Came for the joke, stayed for the love. Five stars all around. David, it's time to give Rod and Karen their flowers. Damn it! Uh, not only." Do they, these two lovely people embody the epitome of black love and comedy? They also give great book recommendations. These two fine intellectuals have given me hours of entertainment and stimulating conversations. I wish Ryder Karen nothing but the best in all their endeavors. Thank you for all your hard work and dedication. Sincerely, David. Thank you, David. Thank you. You mean Rod gives good book recommendations? Well, you I mean, I, sometimes you do because you do Audible, so you sometimes you do. Okay, okay, yeah, now, 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 if you are Audible, uh, Audible person, I'm, I, I'm, I'm your person. I be using up all Roderick points, I, honey. I've been listening to Trevor Noah. I've been, honey, I've been listening to them all. Like you want audio books, I'm the person because I love me a good audio book. Um, so of course we got to go through our episodes and the comments uh, on the episodes, but. Y'all know what it is. This is a, a show where we trying to be black capitalists, okay? That's where we got this money from. So I got to play some songs here so that I know where to put the ad, all right? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. 
With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Let's talk about these comments. Episode 2682, Negaholics. Appia says, <clears throat> I know an opinion on the special without having, I now have an opinion on a special without having seen it. So it's obviously the most valuable one. Chris seems to hate Jada for some reason. Somehow it's all her fault. I'm about 100% sure that both her and Will had affairs in their relationships. It's just that hers came out. Well, somehow she is the bad one and responsible for everything. I don't like that. I never heard about No Limit Records, so I looked it up. There is a Eurodance huge hit song from the 90s ties with a, ties with a rap called No Limit. So the most results were that. Now it's in my head. The what? true words they say that might even explain that might explain the expansion of the universe and everything no 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 there's no limit i guess these are the lyrics no 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 a lot of no's then techno techno no there's no limit uh well you know shout out to germany y'all try uh appy also says now that i think now that i think about it most of the Euro dance stars I saw on TV as a child were duos of a fem- female black singer and a black male rapper. This was what sold best, even though that I'm sure the white producers made most of the money. Still, it was imprinted on my brain that artists should be female, male, black duo. And maybe that's why the black eye tips feel so, so right to me. Then she said, now I'm afraid uh, what I said was racist. I'm sorry. I just see you as stars like the 90s told me to. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I wasn't thinking it was racist until you said maybe it was, and now I'm like, was it racist? I, I, but I'm gonna be real. I don't. I, it didn't feel racist to me, but you know, <laughs> me, me either. So, but yeah. I also know I'm not the most sensitive nigga in the world, so I, it, I, I might not be the right barometer. But I didn't. It didn't seem racist to me. Same. I don't think. I, I think we've gone so far into certain shit, and it's it's fine. I want people to have some level of autonomy and. Mm-hmm. agency but i mean i'm it's okay that sometimes we don't all agree on shit and you know a lot of the more sensitive microaggression level racism for me it just don't hit me the same way it hit other people it's just like so i like because i think in my brain if i'm being honest that happens to me sometimes and i don't right. think it's a bad thing like if it, if i started associating apia with some some german shit that i was introduced to in my childhood because i don't have any other references i wouldn't be like and that's because i hate german people or i'm racist you know so um i wouldn't expect that necessarily for black people you know it's kind of like people get mad whenever it's like a a white person confuses two people of color with each other Uh and i and i and i normally don't get that mad about it because if i'm being honest like i get the more like it's your job people you know like it's your job to know samuel jackson is different than uh the denzel washington when you post right. the article like that that's totally fine be be mad about mm-hmm. that but right. stuff where it's just like two black people might look alike or they might confuse them i do that sometimes with people of different races too i don't i don't have all the i'm not perfect mm-hmm. and i don't have all the i don't do it on purpose i and i don't have all the uh experiences and within a community to truly market all the differences in everybody all the time sometimes and plus some motherfuckers look alike like so like all that to say it doesn't bother me but i didn't i didn't think it was racist but that's just my opinion there's other people listening right now that think um uh i might as well be shucking and driving so who knows 
that's true that's true yeah uh earnest.com says thank you because you said a word about master p and his little no limit buddies i was a dj on the hip-hop show on my college radio station and people would not stop calling the request line and asking for all of them i was low-key mad that i knew who kane and abel were when you mentioned them i'm not as dog tired of hearing them as i was at the time yeah they just ran shit too that was the other thing so yeah they were every particularly down south they were everywhere yeah like i would just be in the other shit because i'm just that type of sometimes i'll be in the other shit it's, i'm not i've never begrudged the shakes joints i never begrudged the like just a street anthem type shit i never i've loved hip-hop period but right it was like sometimes the people that fuck with that wouldn't fuck with other shit and it would be like right. an adversarial relationship that's why if you go back and listen to 90s and 2000 hip-hop you're gonna hear a lot of black independent or black like not mainstream rappers complain about mainstream rap you know right. it's not as bad as it was then but it was pretty bad at the time where people was like openly taking shots at other groups like hey man fuck fuck all shit half a do- half a de la souls um uh collection that just got put up on social media if you listen to half them songs it's like you know i'm sick of these hoes and these award shows and these rappers in their name brand clothes sipping on chris style and you know i remember the roots had a whole video that never do what they do the whole thing was picking on mainstream rap so like um i say all that to say like uh no limit was mainstream at the time and they was you know and that that just wasn't my i was already a little predisposed to be like yeah i i only like some of this mainstream shit you know so right. they just overkilled it um but he says uh it's enough to make you say uh shout out to the chat room <laughs> <laughs> Our old friend JL Covan says, I think this was an episode where you discussed your work on the racism Oscars on your show. My question is, how did you leave our boy Alan Tudyk out of the list for his work in 42? Or was that the fact that his entire dialogue was the hard R N word too much for even HBO? Okay, I'll have to see Creed 3, or as I shall call it, Black Boy Steroid Joy. <laughs> oh no! Uh, we do love black men touching in pictures. Um, here's the thing. I did my first original version of this landed on Alan Tudyk's hard R 45 second rant in 42. And it was in there. Uh, it was what I wanted. But the video dude wanted to go with a different cut that was somebody being like, like insulting him. Like, how long are you going to be a, a racist piece of shit? And he's just like, okay, okay. It's a funny clip, but to me, it don't hit the same as that rant now right. i did bring that up a couple times throughout the process but the clip never changed and i think either it's above me or the people just decided like yeah it's just not gonna be as funny if it's just this dude saying the n-word for an extended period it's not just the n-word but saying it before so some some people above me made that decision but it never was the clip i wanted it to be in the first place so it never hit as hard as it needed to and then the other thing you need to know is Bo really hates that movie, The Blind Side. I've never oh, seen it, so I have. I've seen it. Yeah, so he, uh, he really felt strongly about you know the, that Blind Side joke. Like it, it cracked him up. All two hours and nine minutes of The Blind Side, and so that was in there. You know, he basically confirmed it was in there, and uh, you know the other writers contributed and got it all there. You know, helped get it all there, and 
Um, I'm very proud of it just because there's ideas that, first of all, your idea is going to change. It's got to go through so many people. That's why it's hard to be like, you can't walk into this like, I'm the funniest motherfucker here. I don't need y'all because it's just going to make you the asshole of the office. So you have to be like willing to let people have their input, let them know when to hold you back and all this shit because half this shit ain't going to make the air, if not way more, where you have an idea and it just don't go nowhere. And then the other shit is the stuff you feel really strongly about, you better be fucking right. Like you 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 like it, you can't be like I'm I I refuse to budge off this. Real, if you're gonna advocate really hard for it, yeah. Cause you can also get so stuck in the weeds that you can't see what other people see. So you I think agree. something is hilarious. Like uh, here's an example. In the room when they were cutting up when they were like deciding what to do with the the Boscars sketch. They had a point where they were like, um, should we change it to something else? Because, you know, people might see the racism thing coming from our, our show. And, 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 you know, my thing was like, I'm never going to fight for my shit in front of everybody. But I'm very much like, y'all are going to see that I'm right. But let's go through. Because I went through all this, too. Let's go through the whole process. And so they at one point, <laughs> we're making each other laugh in the room. And they got to the point where it was like, what if we make it? animal sports movies but it's still the racist oscars so now you're showing like the, the golden retreater retriever and Airbud and being like earth and being like that was him being racist right or whatever or her that don't, that don't hit the same because everybody don't know about the first sketch right so unless we air the the first oscars one that i the, the first one i came up with it's too in the weeds. The audience is just going to be hella confused. It's like, are they saying that the animals are racist or that there's racism in the movies? And they Right, this could clips. be an ongoing joke. So yeah. when you do it next season, you could do something like that. Possibly. People will get it from the first season. Possibly, Possibly yeah. So right. so anyway, that was my point. But So all, all that stuff has to happen. And so, yeah, my version of this that, that had, because y'all know I've told that joke on here a million times. Mm-hmm. My version that had him on it <clears throat> just... It never really got off the ground, um, but the idea got through, and I'm proud of that. Yep. All right. Um, the poll. Oh, wait. Let me see if there's any comments on YouTube. Mm-hmm. None for this episode. Okay, cool. The poll is, um, uh, have you ever been to a live taping of a TV show? Uh, Karen? Yes. Okay. Um <laughs> Uh, the results are 36% of people have and 63% have it. That's much higher than I thought it would be. Like almost 40% of our audience that voted in this poll has been to a live taping of a TV show. Wow. Uh, on yeah. Spotify. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's one of those things where I kind of, you know, I'm trying to find it as a kid, I, as a kid, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Y'all. I've always wanted to go on the prices. Right. Don't ask me why I would be fucking terrible at it. But I just just want to go sit in the audience to see the process of the prices right. I think that would be so much fun. But that's just me personally. That's one of my personal favorite, and I would love to sit in the audience for a Family Feud. Those are like my two TV shows, just because they've been on forever, and it's one of those things where I'm a fan of them, and particularly with the Family Feud because me and my mama uh, would actually sit, particularly with Steve Harvey. I would love to see Steve Harvey on Family Feud. So me and my mama, uh, when I go by it, that's one of the few things that come on, and me and her both watch it, and we just have a ball. Um, of course, I've been to a live taping of a TV show, but not until this. Like, 
Uh, I don't think I have ever been to one before. Um, and on Spotify, 22% yes, 78% no. Um, the Q&A for this one was, uh, how is they treating you? Because I was talking about how the black people that work around the, the CBS building be, always be pulling us to the, pulling, up, pulling me to the side, giving me some real they, talk. They treating y'all right, brother? Yeah, rooting for us. Raphael says, see, they ain't treating me right if you feel me. Won't buy my ice cream truck or approve powertrain agenda. There's nothing else to do, Sal. I just want to have to, I'll just go sign up for a live tape and a game theory. Uh, come on through. Even says, uh, good enough, it's a holiday. Valerie says, fuck them. Wallace says, life is good, my nigga. And Rachel says, all right. Treat me all right. I like her. She gave the real answer. Um okay. And uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, we had a couple fans stop by the. And also do. We had a couple fans stop by um, the taping. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I think it was Madonna, Belinda. I forget their friends' name. She hadn't heard the podcast yet, but they she was friends with them, and it made her come and, and check us out. Um, uh, check out Game Theory, and she really enjoyed it. They all did. I met Canuck Duke and his wife. Um, you met Canuck Duke? Yeah, I took a picture. I, I got to post all these pictures on my Instagram at some point because I've been posting reels, which is videos of that just kind of mush them all together. But I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go back and post some just straight up pictures so y'all can see all the people. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, so fun. So fun. Um, so thank y'all for coming out. It means a lot to not just me but also Bo when people like come through especially people that have been down since like the morning jones era um all right let's go to the next one episode uh 2683 tiktok therapy we had three comments the first one's from apia if my therapist was on social media and talked critical about patients i it would absolutely hurt the relationship and make me less open yes that's another thing that there's just been a lot of double talk around the therapy thing with the, because she's a black woman specifically and the places are the circles I'm in socially are very black woman centered or black femme adjacent. Like it's a, like I, it's just the space I found myself in. It's the people that I vibe with. But, you know, at the same time, it doesn't mean that I mean, though, that that gives you the biases of me and the biases of the people I follow. So sometimes they can be to my in my opinion, they can either have blind spots or be very biased towards the idea of like we need to protect the black woman. And I get that feeling because black women are normally unprotected. But mm-hmm. sometimes to me, it's like when a person is doing something fucked up, it really shouldn't matter. What mm-hmm. like like we shouldn't be like, oh, well, that's different. She's a black woman, so she can be fucked up. And nope. I felt like this is one of those situations where most people would have said it was fucked up, but it was a black woman and the people in my circle glom on to like as a black woman we gotta what, what can we do to, to justify it even to go as far as to say it's right not like we have to say it's right because she did it and i think um this was a case where um they were there were some lies happening where it's like what uh you can't just say what your preference a patient is you didn't express a preference you 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 expressed a not preference the opposite of a preference a discriminatory thing and it's a negative thing you're putting out you're going to receive back negativity you knew that it was the internet before you turned the phone at your face and put it out you know 
Um, and I'm not talking about obviously death threats and shit like that. Although mm-hmm. I, I didn't see that stuff. You just had to take her word for it that she experienced that. And, you know, we'll see. Maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. But the point being, um, motherfuckers will say stuff like that. Like, uh, well, a lot of practices don't see everybody. Yes, but they don't make a point of going out of their way to talk about who they don't see. They talk about who they do see. It's like, if you yes, have, it's like how the podcast is called therapy for black girls. It's not called not therapy for everybody else or therapy for ever, you know, like only black girl therapy. Like they, they, it's, it's a marketing thing, but it's also a vibe thing. You, no one's making you take care of any type of client. And, so that's the difference. It's like if you did a, a your TikTok, if you were if you were a bakery, and you expressed your hesitancy to make wedding cakes for gay people, that's that's not expressing a preference really. It's, but people make the same argument, right? That defend that shit. Listen, the Christians should be able to have their rights. It's like no one's making you do anything, but you expressed a dislike for a type of person, a broad swath of people. Yeah, they probably took it. They're going to take it personal. Yeah, and they're they, going to feel they're hurt by it. Right. And they're going to feel a certain type of way and they have a right to feel a certain type of way. And the thing is, just like anything else, uh, freedom, freedom of speech. Yeah, you have the right to say it. The government is not coming and shutting you down. But you also have to deal with the consequences of your speech. And that's the part that people, they throw up, well... You know, it's, it's it's my right, blah, blah, blah. And that's the thing. Nobody's stopping you. So what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, and like, when it comes to that. Couching the terms and like stuff like boundary, to me, is also a misnomer. Because it implies, one, that it's like a relationship situation, not a professional business situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm erecting a boundary. It's like, the erecting a boundary is not, I'm not going to take this type of client. That's different. A boundary is like, this person overstepped and I'm not going to fuck with this person anymore. Or, um, in my personal life, I don't do blank. You know, it's like, this is your business. You're, you have a private practice, but you're expressing something a little bit different in a boundary. Like a boundary is like, I'm not going to allow this person to call me after 10. You see what I'm saying? Uh, it's not, I would never take, uh, the, uh, like when you put it this way, when they bring up other groups, they don't, take they don't take they go like i don't do couples i don't do families we don't we don't you don't express it as a boundary though like you're dating them you just go i don't do those people so this was different i think people were being a little messy with the wording on purpose so that they could fight each other and i just didn't think it was worth all that they were and also uh you hit on a point and as somebody who has been on the internet long enough and been around various different groups of people and have experienced being on the receiving end of people that are just like me, other black women doing some fuck shit and using the black girl magic as an excuse to just do whatever the fuck they want to do without consequences, repercussions. As somebody who has personally dealt with that, it's one of those things where I go, no, 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 no. We're, what we're not going to do is this. Yeah. You know, you need to be held accountable and responsible for your actions, too. And just be, I'm a, you're a black woman and I'm a black woman, too. And the thing is, when black women call out black women, all of a sudden you can't pull out the same cars. You can't pull out the white car because I'm that white bitch. You can't pull out the, the man car because I'm not a man. I look just like you. And so I have the right you, to, quote unquote, hold you accountable. But when well, you I think they would just that don't want to be held accountable. That's a whole nother thing. They would dismiss you and say you were a pick me. That's the one I've been seeing for any 
other black professional woman who's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that was not a professional thing for her to do. And, right. you know, the, then, then they get called pick me's or, you know, male identified as another. And so I see floating around like I don't I don't know what you can tell people when it's like. So then basically there's no limit to just what you can do, you know, because we right. have to support the in, the group brand. But like I said, I, I just I don't want to rehash the whole fucking thing. We talked about it at nauseum. I just want to say like, yeah, I think um, it, the the perspective that Appy is bringing up is the one I went to, which is if I was the patient, I, I just don't feel like I'd be down with this. Yeah, if I was the patient, you would never see me again. I don't mm-hmm. I don't care what we got. Nope, I'm not going. Don't let let's just go ahead and sever this relationship. Right. You know, because it is a functioning relationship that you have with each individual patient. And it's one of those things where I'm actually coming here for help and you're taking my business and talking about it like that, like publicly like that. You are not helping me at all. Yeah. You're not helping me. I don't want my shit used for clout. Uh, right. Abia says, also as a white person, if you don't want white clients, it's your choice. It's okay, but why say it on social media? Was it, what is it good for? Besides giving some fuel to the people who think white people are under some attack. That's all I'm saying. And like, the rest of us had to play stupid. Like, that's not like we have to play stupid. Like, she didn't put that out into an environment where she knew that would be the response and would and right. and like her, she hasn't been engaging and going back and forth with these people. And honestly, like. The main thing I kept thinking was if she was a therapist for me and I'm working through like some trauma resolution type shit, some tools I would like, I would look online and be like, she don't have them either. And I need to go somewhere else to somebody that actually do got them. And that wouldn't be just because I'm a black man. It would be if I was anybody because it's just like I'm learning how I'm trying to learn not to be doing this kind of shit. (laughs) You know what I mean? But you have to know peace and experience peace before you can really understand what it looks like because i think a lot of people think they're at peace with all this fussing and fighting all these random strangers on the internet and i I just don't identify with that anymore no i don't i me personally i don't identify that as peace because and 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 what's even fucked up what happened if you go into this therapist and you're talking about the therapist and you've seen the therapist doing the same shit they're telling you not to do that's what i'm saying you're like the fuck yeah that's what i just said it's, it's it's very uh it's very frustrating um and it's one of those things where I could see a decline in patients. Like, like you were talking about before, I could see a lot of pay people who actually see her. Cause guess what? They know your face. They know your name. They know your practice. They might never say anything to you, but all of a sudden you get less and less patients because most the average patient who's coming to therapy and a lot, and for a lot of people, it took everything fucking in them to make the phone call to tap the click button. Like it took everything in them just to even reach out to start the process. And they see this, this is not good. Yeah. And even if this isn't your therapist, I, I bet there's just a lot of people who are turned off by this that aren't going to get help. Because they, like, it's, it, it's, it's like if you're doing it for the reasons you're saying you're doing it about how you want to normalize therapy and shit, this ain't helping. This is not the opposite of that, um, in my opinion. It's, it's stigmatizing mm-hmm. the type of person to say, basically, you know, don't nobody want to help your ass. Um, also, as a white person, if you don't want the white client, oh yeah, she said that. All right, boom. Ramsey D. Jenkins says, "I gave five, give five stars for the episode. I agree with Apia. Nobody needs to know the type of client you choose not to work with slash take." Yeah, I just don't get what happened to just telling a friend. What happened to the group chat? What happened yeah. to just talking to somebody in person and calling the? Debate? You said you're going online helping this. Well, not you said, but people do mm-hmm. that stuff with TikTok supposedly to help their own private. 
like their their social media their brand like this is a bad look because and you can almost tell when it's a bad look for you because it's like you never see an actual professional brand uh, let this type of content happen like you're never gonna see like 1-800 talk therapy be like put out an ad where they like i would never have a black man client because everybody be like this is the most racist stupid shit i ever heard but when someone individualizes it we're like this is her flexing her power it's like i don't think so it just seemed like a bad business decision Yes, it does. Just do what you're going to do and just nobody has to know. Nobody really cares yeah. until you make it public. Sandler Agony says, psychologists and even clients doing this should pay a heavy price for, for this. Like, bro, I'd be fucking pissed if my psychologist did this. Absolutely unforgivable. You endanger me, my, my issues, or by extension, the integrity of your profession, causing people who hide their pain to then re-eternalize years and decades of trauma. Not everything needs to be content. Even if black men may have been fucked up to you, I feel sorry for her. You put a target on every other black man who didn't give you shit. Yeah, man. It's Once you throw the, like, we're in a bad place, and maybe we've always been, but social media is just a place where we can almost track it, but we're in a bad place where anything bad people say about a black woman, there's certain black men who are going to glom onto it and push and push and push. And it doesn't really matter if it makes any fucking sense. They can't help themselves. They going to do it. And we got a certain shit that if it's bad about a black man and you say it, people going to push and push and push. And it's nothing you can say to those people either on that side, whether they be women, femmes, whatever they, their, they, their experience has informed them either a through life and they just believe every negative thing or it's informed them enough to where it's like the group dynamics are too strong i get too much push pull and and too much dopamine from from interacting based off of these topics every time and i think it does kind of lessen the worth and the sting and the um what else uh it lessens a lot of the, the the importance of real critique when we couch shit like that's either personal, our own traumas or something like that in in this like macro level speak of, of like I'm speaking for the race. It really just lowers the amount of time that people are like, yeah, I'm just not listening to shit no more. Um, and I do think there's and it, it makes sense. People run in cycles. I think you're starting to see a decline and a pushback to shit that. Even five years ago, people were like, hey, this is cutting edge black feminist thought. And now you're seeing people do the like, here go these black feminists again. And they're starting to win over people that were either on the fence or these people who were like knee deep in black feminism stuff. But the social movement online of black feminism um, or what not even black feminism, but what people call a lot of black activism, Mm -hmm. the social part of it is really losing momentum to some extent because people are like. They've now seen the downside. They've seen the negative side of the stuff that they sure. hadn't experienced five years ago. And and now you know why Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson are some real ones because there's a lot of motherfuckers that couldn't even maintain five years of internet activism without burning everybody the fuck out or not popping up at all. At the, they still killing black people in the streets and you don't see people popping up no more because it's a lot more not work like now. Yeah. Right. And 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 after, like you said, after a while, the sheen, the shine, the newness is going to wear out. And guess what? If you do it long enough, guess what you're going to be? You're going to be the old nigga, and it's going to be somebody else popping up talking about how you ain't doing it right. Yeah, a lot of people quit before then. It's like as soon Correct. as they get critiqued a few times, they out because it's hard. And But the main thing is this shit right here 
I think it does lower. Uh, it's lowering the bar. Like us making a public debate out of every time Russell and Sierra lead their house, it just lowers the bar of what is actual critical thought and real. Because we don't. It's not like we have some new shit to say. It's that those mm-hmm. people who engage in those debates, and I mean on both sides, they like they actually like interacting with each other. Yes, they do. Yes, like they subconsciously, do. It's a they dopamine they, hit on both sides. Because because anyone from a from afar would look and go, one side of this is completely fucking stupid, and you would just be able to be able to call balls and strikes and be honest with yourself. Like you know what, you're right. Why? Something inside of me wakes up every morning hoping that a motherfucker has something to say about Sierra so I can hop on their page or hop on my page or go back and forth in the comments as opposed to being like, why would I ever? This person is so fucking wrong. It's so overstepping the bounds. Why would I ever engage with them? But that that requires internal internal looking and then turning the mirror and people don't want to do that. I've I've just come to the conclusion oh people don't want to do work and I just go about my business. And of course it would it it applies other ways too. It's I feel Mm -hmm. the same way when I see people that are so pro Beyonce they hate Jay Z. I'm like how me how long are you gonna do this and who are you really doing it for? Because you agree it's not like you have some effect over her life. So clearly this is a weird like you're looking you're signaling for some company on this whether you want to argue with people or what i don't know mm-hmm. but it's kind of fucking weird you know anyway uh you want us to be more open yet you then to stigmatize us uh i guess then stigmatize us uh mm-hmm. the fuck is that really what's the point of having all these avenues if you're going to use these platforms to then use context-free draining platforms only meant to exploit and make up shit because because your feelings are hurt a reason why I needed a therapist is because I went through a breakup and people were worried about me and the shit I dealt with for 35 years of my life runs the gamut. Autism, romantic relationships, family trouble, depression, anxiety, etc. Been in therapy for 14 plus years and I'm a better person for it. She's been good to me and I've been good to her. However, I keep that shit to myself or with friends or family who know me. Not a platform laughing. Not a platform laughing about one's trauma or fucked up childhood. Mistrust is in an all-time high world, worldwide. That's a great point. Practice practically for this reason, and yet, and again, said it regarding Big Groove a couple weeks ago, and I'll say it here again. I don't trust these woes me niggas to be mature about this. I don't, never will. I should, I shouldn't take this up personal, but I do because I met and chatted with these people, and their consistency is about as stable as a fake ass leftist on Twitter espousing virtues of what being a liberal is. It's a crock of shit because they're sanctimonious. A person who's not in the field using their platform to talk talk about otherwise private session with that shrink is already fucked up professional psychologists oh nigga we might be in a grappling contest especially in this climate you shouldn't do this as a job then uh you shouldn't you shouldn't play with people's heads like that there's a reason uh when people who deal with say suicide or ideation call 911 help is pretty much above above the my, the psychologist and there are other people who can help you uh coop uh cope um you don't use your high esteemed role to the then blasphemy uh uh me uh, wait you don't use your high esteemed role to the then blaspheme me uh because some nigga fuck with you or worse you're just stereotyping for clout both choices suck as far as i'm concerned help people give them info on how to better cope with his her or their pain not how you won't talk to a certain group of people because of either narrative or whatever uh keep get some help then every group is fucked up regardless of race get them the tools to help yourself in the process if you can't do these two things get the fuck out and find your job where you that you're comfortable doing this internet shit is killing people sick of it peace yeah my thing is actually like even if you don't want to 
a certain type of client just don't take that client it's it's literally right. no there was never a good reason to express that in my opinion Mm-mm. like every every good reason is trumped by a equally like a a bad reason on why the response would would rightfully be uh negative towards you i just don't get it it's just like on a fundamental level i feel like we probably can't all agree on everything involving this woman does she said a lot of shit but i think we can agree like that's that is unprofessional and i think if you can't even say that it's you're just so fucking biased at that point there's literally nothing she could have done to which i'm like i'm never i'm never gonna be in anyone's bag or camp that much unless i completely know it like the only time you're gonna hear me say some shit like that is because i fucking i'm like yes i know i love this person that much they can't do no wrong and normally when i feel that way i'll 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 be like i don't have a a comment to say (laughs) Cause right. I know, no I know I'm, I'm wrong. I'm like, what, what the fuck you talking to me for? I'm biased. Don't talk to me. Right. Um, all right. Let's check the YouTube. This had a lot of comments. Some people wrote emails, but the comments are so long. It's like a chapter of a book. I don't know if I can read them all. Um, no. I mean, I, it was just a, you know, it was a long but you, conversation. But y'all can email the show to blackoutwhotips at gmail.com. They did. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I've got, we got some emails coming up. I've, pre-seen oh, them oh, I see, and I they're see so long i honestly don't know if we can read them they're that long you see what i'm saying okay, I'm they're good comments but okay yeah I thought, I thought you were saying you had comments on youtube that was that long no I'm no like, no these are short frank says bra man had come by the apartment to make sandwiches i think he's talking about when my accident kicked my power out leonard brother says yo if any of that will smith shit is true that man is bugging out that's crazy uh he also said leonard outs is hilarious so him opening for janelle is dope uh chanel shannon says these therapists about should lose their license this undermines the entire profession um, right it don't make sense yeah i th- I think it's also weird how like people that were licensed therapists were kind of taunting at the idea of like ha 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 y'all don't know we can do shit like this and get away with it they can't take her license it, da, 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 da. And, and what i kept thinking was don't tell me you're here to help people that don't sound that sounds like a weird brag it doesn't sound like you're actually talking about people as human beings. Like you're still involved. You're still in that gender war shit. Cause you think it's like a, a notch on your belt. Like, ha ha, we won today. You can't get her fired. And it's like, that shouldn't even really be the point. It's, you can still be like, I don't think she should get fired, but this wasn't professional. Like it was like, it, it wasn't even about being professional. It was could she get away with it? And I'm like, that's like saying, well, a nurse can get away with doing a running man during your surgery and posting it to a TikTok. That don't make it good when you wake up, hopefully, and see <laughs> and see that they was doing that during your operation. You don't have to feel good about it. You can be like, fuck that person. Correct. And it's also one of the things, too, where if I was a patient on these people that's going, ah, I'm, I'm leaving you, too. Right. You're not mature either. The fuck? Like, everybody's going to end up losing patience um and then the poll was do your co-workers follow your social media accounts 28 percent yes 72 percent no Mm-mm. and on spotify same percentage like 27 73 one percent difference and then the q a was google your therapist to see if they're using you for tiktoks uh rachel said seems highly unethical for them to do that an old therapist told me that if he saw me in public he would most likely not even acknowledge me damn am i that fucked up just kidding i but i did respect that my therapist told me that too she was actually she told me it was up to me 
She's like, some people right, don't some want people it. Feel certain ways. Some people, yeah. yeah, they won't act like y'all strangers, and then some people will actually acknowledge you, right? right. And and that makes sense. They leave it up to you. They're probably cool either way, right? Uh, Kadian says TikTok tried to make me follow my therapist, and it was immediately no. Ooh, 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 because they know who in your phone. Oh, oh no, man. Nah, see the algorithm. I don't need to know that. I don't need to know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wasn't even using her name. It was her photo, but I don't have her photo stored in my contacts. It was very weird. Yeah, it knows some shit from your contacts. Yeah, locations. Sure. It's something. It's something that is linking up. Because right? mine found like a dude I play ball with. That's a chef, and it would show me his. It would show me his TikToks uh, about being a chef and his motivational TikToks and stuff. And it was just like, uh, damn, I didn't put his name in there. I didn't even know he had a TikTok. Uh, a proximity, Aaron, proximity phones. Who knows? Something. Aaron says mm-hmm. she's not, thank goodness. Yeah, I just don't know why. <sighs> I mean, listen, I've heard the other side of this uh, ad nauseum. I just, this is one of those times where I just don't agree with it. I just, I just don't see how people think it's cool to do what she did. And I do really do believe in my heart of hearts, if another type of person that was not a black woman did this shit, all these people would a lot of people would feel differently on the other side yeah they would be saying how dare you what's wrong with you this is unprofessional yeah. my thing is it's unprofessional for her for them it's unprofessional for her also right. and it's one of those people one of the times where you're doing this shit and you're gonna fuck around and somebody gonna come in there for a session and tables are gonna be shaking because we're gonna be like the fuck is wrong with you you don't know yep uh last one is two six eight four goodbye diversity um we had apia who said put a sick beat under that maui song and it's a euro dance track she also says hugh grant was on the red carpet and wanted to feel above it so why did he walk it ashley graham is of german and english heritage yeah because i thought she might have been a latina i was wrong uh my girl nick jew corrected me and uh yeah i guess i just forgot or maybe i might have gotten got because i remember a controversy on social media a few years back that she was on the cover of Latina magazine or something. And now I'm mm. thinking about it, because I went to Google to see if that was ever a thing. I didn't see any pictures of it. I didn't see anything like that. And it makes me wonder if someone, because at a time it was cool to hate her. Um, right. And it made me wonder if someone specifically made that image and got us all fighting about it. And then you find out that's not even real. Right. Because I definitely remember the image in my head of like, in a, in a debate on social media about it, but it it must have been fake yeah. or something. All right, that's know. why I didn't think she was white. I was just I Yeah, like I, mm-hmm. I think we may have even covered on the podcast or something. I just, mm-hmm. I just, it just seemed it was a long time ago, and I vaguely remember it. But it was like a huge fucking like, she's not even Latina or whatever. And I'm like, she not? They're trying to say she passing? And now I know, you know. Anyway. She says uh, she might have the same condition as your friend Apia. The appearance doesn't fit the heritage. I'm pretty much Eastern European and some other DNA looking Greek or Spanish. Ramsey D says five stars for Layla cat remix and the entire episode. Meow, meow, meow. Sandler says only thing I have to add about this year's Oscars. I'm glad Andrea Riseborough didn't get an award for her performance in To Leslie. They wanted they wasted a grassroots campaign for that. The film was okay, but Riseborough and even Mark Maron had done better films prior. Okay, I do want to add uh, something, but yeah, while I don't think Jamie Lee Curtis didn't deserve the award for everything, everywhere, all at once. 
considering the same award show doesn't acknowledge horror comedies or the same level of dramas or some high art flick that does jazz hands, I do get it. It's her first nomination and her first victory. I felt bad for Angela Bassett, who gave it her all in Wakanda forever and then some, but that's the weird about these award shows. I guess I, too, stayed away from much of the conversations about it. I haven't watched these since 2015. Stephanie Hsu uh, was better than JLC, in my opinion, but again, I guess it's never truly the best actor slash actress slash director film or cinematography that gets these. It's who we like over who's truly the best. Some Oscar voters are still doing their racist takes. Superhero films don't deserve notoriety, etc. Sanctimony mm-hmm. gone sanctimony. On um, the bright side, been getting me getting my uh, getting my I guess something to Larry Sanders, which felt like an achievement because that show rules. Never watched it before, and wow, good shit. Take care. Um, here's uh, here's the thing I will say about. Um, the oscars and i'm realizing this now and and but i uh, uh, especially after listening to uh righteous prick this year where he talked about the oscars um uh the thing i'm realizing is that for race nerds whether they know they're race nerds or not for race nerds the oscars is also a type of entertainment even knowing it will disappoint you let you down or whatever but when you extrapolate out the rate the when you start trying to figure out the reasoning for who who wins and why, it is one of those things that people who are fixated or learn know a lot about race. It, it begs the question, and you want to find these micro these macro narratives to go over these these decisions. The truth of the matter is, the way most of us discuss the Oscars is wrong. It would be, we say we think and create narratives that are like a one person, like a guy named Oscar decided as opposed to a body of voters. And then we assume certain things and attribute a certain amount of organization and power to them. When what I think is happening is the same thing Kendra Perkins says happened with MVP voting, where there's just bias at play and it's never like, it's not conscious bias, um, but enough people are vocally or, adamantly um united without individually being united you know what i'm saying like they're right they're uh united under their belief system but not necessarily their the actions and the um and the communication so i think that's what happens i think years like this is just like we're never giving a marvel film an award but they didn't have a discussion they didn't like hit each other up they just all were like well it can't be Angela Bassett. Um, we like Jamie Lee. She ain't never won before. She's getting up there. She's 64. So is Angela Bassett. And and right. we're gonna give it to her because blah blah blah. Like I really think it's that the math is that simple for them sometimes. And even and 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 we buy into it because when a black person does win, who's the first people to start writing narratives about it? It's black people normally. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, like when um what is her name? The woman from the woman from Abbott Elementary that plays the older black teacher. Um, why can't I block why am I drawing a fucking blank? Oh my God. Uh Shirley Ralph? Yeah, Shirley Ralph. God damn. Woo. When Shirley Ralph won, how Shirley Ralph won, how many black publications started printing out like in like this is basically a career achievement for her. This is she's been acting since this long, right? So 
I think people can't help but think like that. Like, if this person won, what would it mean on a bigger scale? And some of that doesn't even require watching the fucking movie, is my point. Mm-mm. It's not, they, they, that's the thing, is people discuss it like it's a merit award when someone they want to win wins. When it's the other way, all of a sudden it becomes every narrative besides that. Because it's, it's, they didn't deserve it, so then why did they win? Oh, because it's a white person. Oh, because it's a, a man. Uh, uh, and in many cases, people flip. This is the one time that apparently being a fucking diverse person, it helpful, right? A black person wins the Oscars, all of a sudden, it's, well, they just wanted to give the diversity something. Clearly, it couldn't have been the best movie because it's black. You know, it's like you can never win. So, uh, right. yeah, I think that's what happens. Is a lot of, there's a lot of discussion around that because people are obsessed about that. Agreed. Yeah. And this is the one place that I'm not like this is the one place where they broke me a long time ago. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't care. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to watch. I'm not interested. Um, I know what I liked. And uh, that's Mm -hmm. about it. What what I didn't like. And a lot of things based off the things that I saw, because nobody watches everything. And like you said, a lot of people, they watch their shit and they go fuck the other shit. Even if if the other shit may be better. Oh shit. You okay? Yeah, my phone fell. Okay. Um, on YouTube, it says, uh, Tipsy with Fee says, I definitely do a temperature check with my son on how he feels about me and our relationship. I ask him straight up, how do you feel? How do you feel about me as your mom? Watch, uh, I watch uh, way too many true crime documentaries to let hurt feelings go unchecked. This Negro is not going to kill me in my sleep because I did something when he was six. LOL. Love you guys. Oh. You ain't gonna take me out because you mad at me. Let's talk about it. How you feeling? Let me check on you. Let me check the temperature of the room. I see I'm not the only one that watches uh For My Man and Fatal Attraction. Karen, I think you oh. have a food delivery at the door. Do you wanna go get it? I can vamp for a while. Okay, I'll be right back. All right. Um <laughs> so uh yeah, I I watch listen, I watch Fatal Attraction, I watch For My Man, um, and all that that, that troop snapped. And, you know, a lot of times, man, some little killer kids out here. You got to be careful. Y'all know if y'all raising a little killer kid. I don't, you know, y'all know the signs. Cats heads in the duffel bag or whatever the fuck. Or, you know, y'all, <laughs> you know, all the all the Barbie dolls got their clothes off and they, 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 they burning them. Whatever it is. Y'all know what it is. And you got to watch out for that shit. Like, I feel like, I feel like if you, if they got them angry tendencies, you know, you got to start checking in with them. And a lot of times I'm like, I remember I had a coworker and I knew he would be the dude to shoot up the, the, the job. If he, if we were going to get the shot up as a job. And most of y'all probably already know who y'all's is too. I knew who that man was. I said, he would shoot us all. And I was extra friendly to that man. Okay. We was communicating all the time. We was the coolest people in the, I said, Hey, if you got my phone number, if you ever need anything, and all I kept thinking was he got my phone number because maybe he might, on a whim, text me from the parking lot and go, Rod, don't go in today. today you know? Today? I, and that's all I need. I wouldn't even, I promise I wouldn't even tell nobody else. I just let them die. So that's, so if you got that, <laughs> and that man was somebody's friend and somebody's right. son, and that peep, the people that raised him, they knew. And they didn't check in is what I'm saying. You got to check in. If you, if you if they got that school shooter energy, you got to check in, dog. That's what that's what it is. I'm just trying to help y'all live. So I'm just I'm I'm really impressed with your parenting because that's really what it's all about. 
I don't read too many sore ratchetness stories as son against mother for us to even pretend like you ain't making a good point. <laughs> All right. The poll was should Angela Bassett have clapped for Jamie Lee Curtis? 18% yes, 82% no. Uh, and I made sure not to leave it like it's up to her. I don't know. I wanted y'all to pick. Uh, and then on the on Spotify, on Spotify, 22%, so a little higher. Yes, 78% no. But most of the people saying no, she shouldn't have clapped for her. You know? Yeah, she wanted to. Yeah, she wasn't obligated to. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, the people not clapping. I won't lie. I would have clapped. I would have clapped. But that's just me. Right. That's I'm just, that's the kind of person I am. And on, on one hand, I kind of respect that she just was like, nah, I'm going to keep it real for a second. This is fucked up. Um, and on the other hand, I, I know that I don't have it in me. <laughs> I would have been like, yay. But inside I would be like, man, fuck that. Bitch. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> All right. Here's the um, Q&A. Boneless wings or chicken nuggets? Creasy says other cocktails that sound racist. Negroni, white lady, white Russian, black Russian. Agreed. Agreed. Another one that sounds racist, Arnold Palmer. I'm not saying he was, just saying it sounds that way. Arnold Palmer's like delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Rachel says, I don't, uh, another one that sounds black, I mean, sounds white, Tom Collins. Uh, Rachel says. Yes, that's that definitely sounds white. I mean, the first time I heard that, I thought it was white mm-hmm. man. Uh, Rachel says, I don't fuck with boneless wings. Also, Ange- Angela acted her sweet chocolate hard out. Everybody in that room know this was a legacy win for Jamie. Let her be mad in peace. We all know what's up. Yeah. And I felt bad because I do think people took it too far on Jamie Lee Curtis. And, but it's just mm-hmm. what people do. And it's they're angry. And so they just, you know, they're they going to start roasting her and trying to form like a hate community against her. But it's just like, man it's kind of fucked up to take pictures of her and zoom in and be like, look at her. Then look at Angela Bass. And it's like, what are we trying to prove with that? That we right. also measure women by their, their looks and mm-hmm. not their, you know, and how, yeah, it's just, it just, there's nothing good to, to be mined out of this. It's just, ick, you know, it's one of the reasons I don't watch. It's just ick all around. Cause a lot of times, man, it's it, narratively and just in your life, like, it's a win for those people. They've been fighting their whole lives too. It's not their fault that that's they may benefit from some shit that they shouldn't have. But like, you know, you do your best work and you hope that it gets nominated. And that part was a thin part. But Jamie Lee did do a good job in the movie. I didn't leave did. the movie and go, God damn, that she was terrible. So like, Mm-mm. it just sucks. It just fucking sucks. You, she didn't even make that decision. She don't even get to make the decision to be nominated right like she didn't it, vote in it it's car it's just fucking it just fucking sucks you know mm-hmm. um uh raf says i went with number four miss bassett because i agree with your take while i feel like i would have clapped i can't say if i, I would if i was in her shoes um i'll go eat some arby's then sue pray for me uh roger says they show liz and nelson says facts be yeah, biggest marketing spend ever. They nothing but big ass nuggets for adults. Mm-hmm. They dumb, I know. Uh Shay Bay says, or Shay Bay says, chicken tenders all the way. They are good. They are good. And Keenan says, true, I just prefer bone in. Probably the ancestors' fault. I don't mind bone in. They not bad. Bone in. If I had to pick between wings, bone in is obviously my wing that I want to go to. 
my nigga, that's what that and put it like this. I just stopped. That's what I got. Some bone in wings. <laughs> I'm glad you did. I sure did. We All right. About chicken on three guys on. Shout out to three G O. I guess I'm gonna get some chicken, 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 chicken later on. Chicken, Let's, chicken, chicken, chicken. Let's get to um the uh voicemails. voicemail time the first one is from jen from brooklyn who left two voicemails okay hey ron and karen it's jen i just listened to the feedback episode and ron what you said about i think we're outgrowing stand-up comedy really struck a nerve with me i was like yes because i also really love stand-up comedy and have for a while and that's not the average experience you know like i used to watch Comic View was huge for me. I used to watch um, The Daily Show, and that was, like, a big no Comic View and The Daily Show were both mm-hmm. big no-nos for, like, definitely my parents had to be asleep, and we were sneaking downstairs type <laughs> thing. And, um, and then, obviously, then growing up, like, people used to – I used to obviously download a lot of stuff on, like, LimeWire um, in terms of music, but I used to download comedy albums, too, because I didn't have mm-hmm. enough money to go out and, like – buy albums and so i remember i used to listen to jim brewer a lot and watch his stand-up and just watch specials on comedy central in general and i used to um even like i don't know if y'all remember pablo francisco who i don't mm-hmm. think i mean i gotta look him up i don't know if he's mm-hmm. he's doing well because he was on the way out mm-hmm. but like just me and my brother used to bond over stand-up comedy and then, uh, you know, I like was grew up in North Carolina, so I didn't actually go out and see comedy until after college because I wasn't really like I was like 17 when I was still living in North Carolina. So um, I didn't get to actually go out and see folks until a little bit older, like, you know, after I was like 21 and whatnot. And uh, living in New York for 10 years, like you could go to Midtown and they would just be like stand up comedy show and you could go see like pretty big acts for like 10, 20 bucks. I remember I went and, and saw a uh, random comedy show and like Godfrey ended up closing out the night and that stuff kind of stuff I'm sure you know happens all the time so like mm-hmm. you know with people watching everybody at large watching Chris Rock they're not even like like right. you said comedy fans like y'all aren't really sitting around she got cut off but coming right back okay uh, y'all already know I got cut off <laughs> um, I'm sorry wait Karen, Karen would you rather comment now oh yeah yeah Go oh ahead. yeah yeah if you don't mind in addition to what she was saying and how people have outgrown comedy, that's true. And I'll just decide you like they said, like I said, this was so big. You had a lot of people who don't have a funny bone in their body making comments and actually tweeting this like this was the thesis, <laughs> you know, or paper mm-hmm. report versus treating it like comedy. And also people like me and you, we watch comedy comedians, but we also watch a lot of sketch comedy too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, your mad TVs, you know, like, you know, so we watch like comedy in various different forms, not always a comedy with the microphone in their hand telling the yuck yucks. Right. So, you know, for us, we go, oh, yeah, we like comedy because we like these various different ways of things that make us laugh. And like it's a lot of things that, you know, we consume that make us laugh that a lot of people could consider cringe worthy comedy. Like uh, who is it? Uh, 
oh, what's that show you like? Dun, 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 Curb your enthusiasm. Yes. yes, the thing, the thing, and I'm not hacking, got all caught up in Curb, but the thing I like about Curb is that it's that cringe worthy comedy. It's that comedy where situations happen and that fucked up situations that would make most people uncomfortable, but the shit is just funny. Yeah. You know? And so I think for a lot of people, they never watched sketch comedy. They weren't into sketch comedy. Even they didn't even watch no all that, none of that. They was just comedy just was not their thing. Or a lot of people, not trying to be funny, they capped comedy off at cartoons, like they Scooby-Doo, shit like that. Like they never, their comedy, their level of comedy never matures, if that makes sense. Like they go, this is what I consider comedy. Comedy is for kids. I don't think this shit is funny. And they look at everything through that particular lens and or they were raised in households that didn't laugh a lot like I was. And yeah. so, but they never had anybody come around them to actually make them understand comedy and how comedy works and, and kind of relax on that front. And so you have adults who never had a funny bone in their, in their body critiquing some shit that they have no business critiquing. And actually you got to, got to dismiss what they're saying because it's like, well, dog, your opinion don't matter on this because this literally is not your lane. Yeah, sometimes the cringe is the comedy and sometimes there's just an element of cringe that's supposed to be in the comedy and it's on purpose. What happens is people start treating it like it was a like they discovered something, like it was happenstance, like, oh, I found I found out that this thing is cringy or I found out. And then the other thing that happens is we grow and we change and then we start judging the comedy by shit that we thought was funny at the time. You know, it's like, oh, I would never do such and such, you know. And it's like, yeah, but you did. You laughed at it. You thought it was funny back then. You know, right. it's, it's like whenever one of the critiques leveled at Rock is that he's a misogynist. And I'm always, I'm I'm never going to back down on this. He always was. He's probably less misogynistic now than he was at the when he first came out. But he always was. He never slid it past us and we didn't notice. We just d- thought it was funny to make those jokes at the time. Mm-hmm. And then... And in addition to always being one, he most of the comedic world, men and women, have some very misogynistic elements to just the stand up culture and what it, and what happens in those rooms. The jokes they make, mm-hmm. the, even the ones that are like pro woman sometimes are knocking a different type of woman and stuff like it's, yep. you know, it's, it's just it, the difference is that we used to have an understanding that this is a room where experimental thought takes place, where the where where boundaries are pushed and we don't have to always like it consent to it you won't always get popular or famous off of it sometimes people just don't fuck with you but at the end of the day there were always some people whose thing was they go beyond the line and enough people like it and are part and and are fans of it that as long as it's well crafted it's allowed to stand you know and i just think we don't see that part anymore now people are like it doesn't matter if it's well crafted at least on the internet they're like that and it's just and it's a disconnection Mm -hmm. from reality because obviously these people are millionaires and fucking selling out places all around the world so clearly it's a disconnect from like the online culture is this person was never shit and the Mm -hmm. offline culture is this motherfucker just did a tour and sold out every venue so somebody lying all right right let me play the second part um but i was saying yeah y'all aren't really sitting around to watch specials on a regular basis and like to this day, I think my favorite podcast and probably why I like y'all's podcast so much is that you have a lot of comedians on. Another one of my favorite podcasts is a, a podcast called Couples Therapy with um, my favorite comedian, Naomi X. Paragon, um, who just did the stand-up special that Comedy Central does where they give everybody, I think, like half an hour. And there was, mm-hmm. that was really great. 
Um, but I think people who like stand-up comedy and go see it in real life and watch specials regularly, like, you already know. If you go out to a comedy show, it's going to be maybe six, seven acts, and you might like one or two. And mm-hmm. even of those two, like, people are trying out new material. You're mm-hmm. hearing stuff that may not work, that they're, like, using you as a gauge to see if it'll work. And I'm the kind of person, I'm probably going to laugh anyway because there's a lot of energy in a right. room. Um, So, yeah, you just really, like, reminded me of how much I love stand-up comedy and, like, probably why I gravitate towards your podcast, among a lot of other reasons. Um, And I just went to – I'm in L.A. now, so I went to the comedy store for the first time a couple weekends ago because, you know, with COVID and everything, I moved here in the middle of COVID. So um, I hadn't really been out like that, and I'm starting to go to shows and everything again. And I went to the comedy store, and it was the same thing. Like, some people really cracked me up, Mm -hmm. and then some people, like – you know, it was kind of dead, and the audience was feeling that. Some people really go crowd work, and it's just like there's like such an art and such a, it is such a different art form. So, and thank you for like kind of bringing that to light. Of like, there's like a huge portion of the media that's watching watching Chris Rock that doesn't even do this regularly, and they don't really know how to absorb that media. So, yeah, yeah that was cool. I, I really liked y'all's analysis of that, and um your like level-headed analysis of the the whole event you know from last year to now so thanks y'all and hope you have a good week yeah you made me think of two more things one comic view comic used to be i'm not comic view comics oh i know i was gonna say it's three things one comic view was after it got redundant and they just started chopping up and editing things some of it old material it actually Mm -hmm. taught me how to deconstruct a joke because they would show the setup then they would show like the middle and then they would show the punchline and they would slice in different comedians now it also proved that a lot of jokes are the same or similar the setups and a lot of black comedy was the same shit over and over but some people were able to make a stand out by you know zagging with other people zigged and shit but the point being shout out to comic view taught me how to how to break down a joke two um comedy used to be an event stand up like this the the, the, this what's happening is that chris rock was proof that he was funny he was proof that he was box office he was proof that he was a big deal people say why did he do it live part of why he did it live was to show he ain't like these other niggas like he ain't just somebody so this whole yeah he he has been or he ain't no he ain't been funny forever well, guess what? You tuned in live or you watched it later. And you, and he's one of the handful of people on the planet that could do that, that could shut it down like that. They had everybody online talking about it. That's why they paid him the $40 million because it ain't but so many motherfuckers that can do that shit. Um, right. So that was one of the things I think that we used to have that that because it used to go through like the gatekeepers and it'd be like HBO only going to have two to four live saturday comic like stand-up comedy events you know or even if it wasn't live it's the first time everyone was seeing it live they used to only do that a couple times a year so of course everyone remembers seeing eddie murphy raw it was a fucking event comedy hadn't been an event like that since really maybe a little bit after killing them softly because i feel like killing them softly was an event to me as a super duper Chappelle fan, but his next one was the event to most people because they killing him softly was their true introduction to this nigga's a goddamn beast. He's something different. Mm-hmm. And so then it was the next one that he did in San Fran. I think they had everybody like two and it was after the Chappelle show. But anyway, mm-hmm. my point being 
we lost that because we have 27 fucking streaming services and they're all buying stand up, but none of them truly commit to stand up. They just have it as a thing to have. And um, lastly, viewers are the content now. And you just can't separate this from none of that. Like it, I, what I think about the special is content for me on this podcast. And it's just part of the formula now. Now, some people do it in good faith and they're like, this is what I think. I'm not trying to be salacious. I'm going to keep it real. But there's a ton of people that are like, man, I want to get the clicks. And the clicks are taking each joke out of context, acting like he gave a TED talk. It wasn't stand up. And then just telling you how he's a bad person when the whole half to stand up is I'm a bad person. You know, <laughs> like it's like my joke is I'm a bad person. I'm trying to get you on my side. I go a little too far. That's my joke. That's my personality. And people are like, can you believe he went too far? It's like, no, I can believe it. It's not an accident. It's what he got paid to do. And then his job is to to try to make that funny. You don't have to agree that it was funny, but let's not act like you caught him on a hot mic. I, I agreed. And also, I think for me, and it might just be my age, when I go to a comedy show, for me personally, particularly live, it's an event for me. You know, like when I went to go see Janelle James, it was an event for me. I was like, yes, let's go. Let's see her live. Let's go have a good time type of thing. Um, because there's so much, uh, so many other things you could be doing with your time. So for somebody to actually take the time to leave their house, particularly if you don't live places like New York, where it's a comedy club on every other corner, it's an event to actually go to these comedy clubs because they normally aren't near people. You got to literally get out your car and drive and all that shit. Like it is an event. So for me, comedy is still an event, but that's just me. And also for me, I am uh, one of those people where even if a com, even if a, a comedian is, is okay to good to terrible, I will still be there and I will still engage and I will still laugh. So I'm, I am one of them people. I'm kind of quote unquote, a good audience member, if that makes sense. And most people, you know, they aren't like that. They'll start doing other shit, looking at the phone, not paying attention. And for me, even them doing bad in my mind is part of the comedy. But for a lot of people, it's not part of the comedy. For a lot of people, if you're not throwing out these yuck, 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 yucks, the fuck am I doing here? You're wasting my time. You know, and as we say, me and Roger view comedy very different. We've been at places where people have bombed and we actually looked at each other and had a ball, you know, watching the person bomb. And, you know, and we've been at clubs where, you know, sometimes people have told jokes and they almost like inside baseball type of jokes. But because me and Roger watch so much comedy, a lot of, sometimes we have been literally the only table cracking up laughing hard and almost like everybody would look at us going i guess we can laugh because they're laughing and sometimes uh we've been at places where comedians will actually tell the joke directly to our table mm -hmm. because they know like hey i know that these people are going to give me some form of an energy it ain't gonna be like i'm just standing up here just gazing at the walls and everybody they don't consume comedy like that they're not good audience members like that like it varies per person and a lot of people will not admit that they don't consider comedy and going to comedy shows live a good time either like that like that also falls into it too yep um i think we got one more voicemail let me play this one i don't know who it's from hey rod and karen um i was calling because I just got done listening to um, an episode where you were talking about um, 
children and how a lot of the parents end up catching COVID-19 from their kids. They're spreading it. They're just as much danger as we are, and yet their vaccination rates are um, low and a lot lower. Um, My daughter um, had been sick for weeks, and we were trying to figure out what's going on with her. We've been told that it was a virus Mm -hmm. and all types of different things. She was in and out of the hospital, stomach cramps. Mm -hmm. Um, having a really hard time admitting in the hospital a couple of times. They could not figure out what it was. It wasn't COVID, no vaccine that they had never seen before. And they mm. just was like, not vaccine, virus. And they just were like, well, it's a virus. And, you know, wow. she was in pain for so long. Um, she woke up with half her face swollen one morning. Oh. And I decided oh. to take her back in this whole time for weeks. This is just this morning, but this whole time for weeks, she was diagnosed with the mumps. Um, mumps is not something we typically see anymore wow. in society because there's vaccinations for it, and she's up to date on right. all her vaccinations. So I'm like, how the fuck did my baby get mumps? Mm-hmm. Like, do people get that shit anymore? All that to say, fucking vaccinate your kids because the people who, um, look, here's one of my kids in the background. <laughs> Lord. She's like, so yes, get vaccinate them. The people who actually vaccinate their kids, their kids suffer because she can still catch this shit because you didn't vaccinate your yep. fucking child. And now my baby walk around here with mumps and can't go to school. Okay, I'm about to get off. Get cut off. All right, bye. Man, I feel for you. And I, I, yeah. I feel you. Unnecessary medical bills and shit. People do not understand. And what's so fucked up? The parents that are like, I'm not getting my child back. Bitch, you were vaccinated. You were probably vaccinated. You were vaccinated. You know, and it's very frustrating because these kids don't have a choice in this. Mm -hmm. And all you're doing is bringing back shit that we fucking have eradicated. Shit that you actually don't want your child to have. Yep. All right. Let's get to the final section. Let's get to these emails. Uh, the first one has no subject. It's from Louis, who says the little penny voice had me rolling. It's fucked up because that's how a cat that smells bad sounds. Now, many of you won't know what that reference is to until you listen to it later if you haven't already. But it's the pregame episode. It's on your Spotify Premium, just the tippers. Okay, y'all should have it. Um, it is also oh, let me make sure I'm that I'm right when I say that. And then also it is on. Um, the premium feed for everybody else so um you know make sure y'all check that out it was a story about this dude that me and justin got on a tangent which is all pregame really is and we were talking about must and musty people and people that stink and our experiences uh trying not to be the musty person and dealing with musty people and stuff i think the episode is called musty so check it out (laughs) (laughs) episode 2683 tiktok therapy this from Teresa, um who says hey rod and karen 
I'm not on TikTok or Instagram, and I barely use Twitter that much outside of work stuff, so I'm never up to date on any of the ongoings over there. I've heard about the ones who were at the hospital talking about a newborn mothers, but this new wave of therapists posing about their sessions and clients is wild. Also, sorry in advance for a long email. Uh, let me see. Oh, it is very long. All right, let's see what we do. Here we go. Y'all mentioned before social media, many of these therapists will post in their journals, but even to publish, you cannot use any identifying information and you won't get published if you do. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's like the journals had standards. So you couldn't just like hop right. out of the fucking couch and then go, you know, go turn on a camera that faces towards you and start telling the world somebody's business. There were a bunch of fucking things between that. I can't speak regulations and ethics. <laughs> I can't speak for psychology journals since that's not my speciality. But even in chemistry, when I'm working with human subjects, I cannot have any identifying information, even if it's an anecdote. I do research with students uh, to look into how they come to understand and learn chemistry. I have to go through the through the protocol reviewed by the internal review board in the documentation. They have to have a copy of everything, all the activities we plan on doing, all the questions I plan on asking them, a copy of the informed consent documentation, a timeline of when we'll meet and what we'll do, a description of when I will inform participants about informed consent, a data management plan, and an outline of what risk and benefits someone might have from participating. Even if it's a benign study, if I'm working with humans, I have to have all of this documentation approved and reviewed before I can talk to anyone. And I will be held responsible if I deviate from that. If I get partway through and have to make a change, I have to resubmit to the IRB and get their approval again. The two documents that I think are most important in the context of the informed consent documentation, because one of them therapists mentioned their clients have signed and the data management plan. Informed consent isn't just a document that people sign once, not if you will be interacting with them multiple times. In some work, I have students come back to do an interview at a later date to see if they still remember the information or if their opinions have changed. Before we start the second session, I have to remind them that they can opt out of even uh, they can opt out. Even if I had their consent in the first session, informed consent means that patients are reminded and given an opportunity to opt out at every opportunity i also have to explain fully the purpose of the work we're doing study and participant uh we're doing study and the participants are made given ample time to read the documentation are given a copy of it to review at a later time so they can opt out if they think about it more and want to it is if it's truly informed consent People can opt out of it at any time because this therapist mentioned informed consent. I'm worried that they are aren't following through and reminding their clients. Like Rod said, if you're new in therapy for the first time or even just anxious, they send you all this paperwork and you just sign. Maybe everyone is doing all of this every time before they post a TikTok, but I prefer systems of accountability and transparency, not trust. Also, do these informed consent documents hold up legally? Part of the IRB review process is to ensure that the university or sponsor of the research is covered legally. But even outside of these scenarios, I used to work during science outreach and we couldn't take pictures of kids' faces without a release form by their guardian. Those forms had to be approved by our school lawyers and we wouldn't couldn't change it in any way because without certain pages, they wouldn't hold up in court. Every time we needed to get those form signs, we would take the previous form, inform the lawyers that we wanted to use it and ask if they had an updated one because the required language might have changed. For these mm. TikTok therapists saving they, saying they have a form, do they have a legal team check it? Is there any oversight and regulation for how these are explained or discussed? If not, those consent forms might not mean nothing if they weren't if they were to be sued. Listen, man, this is this is. <laughs> 
like I said, yeah, that's the part I didn't understand. I was like, I hear y'all what y'all saying, but I guarantee you for some of these people, they're going to be like, I didn't sign for this bullshit. And it would not be surprising if they got phone calls from people going to fuck you talk about online. But this is also the problem with, there's two things about this thing that I'm thinking. One, they're giving content online. We're, we're, we're watching the feedback online. Of course, the online content discussion bends more towards you should overshare. You should because it's all content. It's entertainment to me. The second thing is with these forums and stuff, a lot of times people will just say anything. But when you have to go to court over it or something, some repercussion comes out of it or some review board or somebody does get your job. It's a lot of people that that's how they find out. Actually, that's not how that works. So you could be on the front cutting edge of fucking around and finding out. Uh, the second is data management plan. If you are collecting data about people or from people, if your data management plan, you have to explain in detail how you will protect the person's information. You might give everyone a code name or a number to identify them. And in order to excuse the participant's identity, you might have a larger pool of people by conducting an experiment in multiple places, or even maybe you run the same experiment in the same place over and over for years. All of these will make it harder to single one person out. You also have to describe how you will keep the data and what type of computer who has access to it. When you decide to share the data, how will it be shared? A publication with journals, a video, a YouTube, a blog? What channel? What website? How will it be shared? All of this has to be outlined in the data management plan. Something these TikTok therapists are doing that's wow to me is sharing where they work. When I publish about a study that took place at a certain college or university, I can't even say what institution. I have to say something like a small liberal arts college in the Northeast. All of these are steps that you have to take to make sure that someone cannot with certainty trace back and find or identify participants. Also, that participant shouldn't feel like they've been singled out. They should be able to read your work publication video and know that it's, they shouldn't be able to read it and know it's about them. The last thing to mention is this. Um... Uh, at least in chemistry, I don't get to decide on whether I'm doing it exempt from review of the IRB board. If I'm doing an activity that I plan on sharing with the community, I have to submit an IRB proposal and the IRB decides if it's exempt or not. Again, that's accountability and transparency. This kind of stuff really makes me worry that someone's going to make a big, a misstep big enough to get sued in my state pennsylvania and many others licensing expires after two years for therapists part of the renewal process requires taking a course in ethics as part of continuing education i would be happy if a new law required us this under this ethics section uh, would be part of that or if the american council association's code of ethics would be updated to cover this since that's typically the standard u.s based therapists are held to then they need to implement their system to take away licenses or deny renewals. But since licensing is state by state, I'm not sure if there will be a good solution anytime soon without some huge lawsuit. Yeah. And it's also something else where like, you know, yeah, it's like they're ahead of the law on this. Like, it's not that there shouldn't be standards. It's just they're ahead of anyone really developing true standards, universal standards, because even the people that claim to know, I've heard multiple people that claim to know what the ethics is around this have different opinions. So that and, and none of it seemed to be enforceable, like no one's like and, and if the and as you can tell from the discussion online, if the baseline for right and wrong is going to be can you take my license that's already a bad start that's not an ethical start that's a how can i get away with this start uh personally for me i'm going to therapy because i messed up and i'm trying to get better if a part of my trauma deals with taking advantage of me for their own personal gain i guess people taking advantage of me i would never be okay with a therapist who was using me for content to post their social social media or for internet points 
even if they had the best of intentions. No, no way. Y'all said in the podcast, I'm paying you for 100 percent of your time and energy and that effort in that session. Don't share with that with anybody. That's wild to me. Yeah, I think also uh, that was weird about that, too, is like you can't separate their personal brand from their professional brand. So you really don't know. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, are you sharing this to prove you're a great therapist and other people should come to you? Or are you sharing this for some other reason? Because when you start sharing stuff like I'm not taking men as clients, I don't think that's a that's not like the selling point of what you do. If you were selling something, you'd be like, I'm taking women to clients exclusively. I'm a business that is dedicated to empowering women, blah, blah. You would say that. But if the main two things people know about you is you don't take white people and you don't take men. That that's not I don't I mean personally that seemed like a bad business strategy, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like us making an ad for the game theory, and it's about all the people we don't want to watch the show. Like, what did that mean? Right. All right, that's it. I took up enough of your time. Much love. Stay safe and healthy out there, guy. Thank you. Thank you, baby. Danica says, "All right." I'm a listener, and I'm also a licensed social worker, but I do not practice. I'm submitting some thoughts for an upcoming feedback show. I think the therapists we're seeing on social media are already in ethical violation. Through MFTs, PsyDs have their own, although MFTs and PsyDs have their own professional body, it probably says something similar, though. I just thought you should know that the NASW, the Professional Society of Social Workers, basically, uh, does have a social media policy. I've shared it below, just in case you wanted to share it with your listeners. Um, and yeah, it's a lot of words. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let me, all right, here we go. Standard 2.10. Man, I just want y'all to know as fans, we love y'all. Specifically me, because I'm the one that got to read all this shit. Understand? <laughs> I just hope y'all appreciate it. That's all. Standard 2.10. Social media policies inform clients regarding their social workers, professional Use of uh, social networking sites, email, text messaging, electronic search engines, smartphone applications, blogs, business review sites, and other forms of electronic communication. A carefully constructed social media policy that social workers share with clients can enhance protection of private information and maintain clear boundaries. The social media policy should be reviewed with clients during the initial interview in the social worker client relationship and revisit and update as needed. Yeah, and you know they're not doing all that. But these other... Oh, go ahead. I said, right, and that makes sense. Like, yeah, if you're going to do this, this is probably something you probably have to consistently tell them. You probably need to do this every session to be sure that it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's like, yeah, dog, it's like, just listen to what y'all doing. I was like, I don't think this is how none of this shit works, y'all. And it's very shady because they'll they'll, they'll treat their their, their social media accounts like they're private and personal when they need to and professional in other instances. And I think that's such bullshit. You know, like like when they whenever they're dispensing information, it's under their professional da 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 da. But whenever they're playing victim, it turns into it's a personal thing with me. Or whenever it's you know, well, you want to say something negative about a type of client or something, that's your professional opinion. People say anything back to you, they taking it personally. Like it's just very weird because it's your name on there. Like you're not mm-hmm. doing it from the such and such practice. You're doing the tweets with your face and all that shit. standard 2.15 organizing advocacy when using technology to organize communities and advocate social workers shall take reasonable steps to ensure that the information shared using technology technological tools is honest accurate and respectful interpretation social media social workers who are using thought-provoking language and stories to attract attention and motivate people to action should ensure that their content of their communication is honest accurate respectful and is neither exploitative of clients nor sensationalistic and i'm telling you that last line 
that last line. Uh, kind regards, Danica. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. there's just gonna have to be a reckoning at some point. And I and I yes. don't wish nothing ill on these people. I just think mm-hmm. it's very, it's very dishonest and it's very manipulative the way they put this shit out and then play the victim. I just think that's the right. part that's whack. Um, TikTok therapy feedback. This is from my girl Marissa Riss. For my New Year's resolution, I wanted to add two new purely fun hobbies to my life to fight back against becoming a corporate workaholic. One I was able to start in January and the other I plan to start in May. I never thought these two interests could intersect until now. Pole dancing and stand up sounds like a fucking dream. I already done hit the pole, so let me get down my stand up fundamentals Uh, and baby, I'm going to be serving. I don't have enough core strength. Uh, Me me and one of my friends ended up going into like one of the uh like the uh, uh like the sex shop where they sell stuff and they had a pole and the dude was like hey you can do pole dance class i'm like look sir i don't i don't have the core strength for pole dancing but you let me get my core strength up it actually looks like it would be a lot of fun nothing professional nothing like that but it looked like it would be actually be a like a lot of fun to actually go to like a professional pole dancing class where they actually go through like you know your basic steps and it like it'll actually be a a hell of a workout like i wouldn't mind actually doing you know something like that not just funny just for the joy of it uh she says i already done hit the pole so let me get down my stand-up fundamentals and baby i'm gonna be serving ass and laughs all at the same time hey. come on come on through i thought about taking a, a one of them uh comedy uh courses and, and i know a lot of comedians but that's why she your money but somebody like me I, th- <laughs> I think i could do something like that like go through where you take the comedy course and they, you know, you go through and they tell, you know, they show you the fundamentals and you go like a graduation and you you, you do your hot minute and a half. Like, I can see myself doing something like that. And yes, pole is hard as fuck and I love it. Karen, highly recommend you try it. You are, if you're looking for something fun, best workout ever and has done wonders to be even more appreciative of my body. And yes, the community is super supportive. You're going to see boyfriends, friends, mamas and daddies and everybody else supporting polers. My mama said once I start performing, she'll be there, but with sunglasses on so no one sees her face. I said she better get on her Kris Jenner. But Rod, you did not need to drag me. When you said that supporters also look like when you said the supporters also looked like they were going to poll and they were giving cleavage, I immediately thought about the show I'm going to on Sunday and how I have a sheer low-cut bra planned in my outfit. I'm going to still have my titties out, but you don't need to say the choir part out loud. Girl, we can see. We got eyes. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Marissa be like, y'all going to get these titties. All right. Come on, you don't get these titties, you don't get this spandex, you don't get this motherfucking leather, you getting it all, bitch. I'm serving titties today. Like we, Come we, on, titties and ass. We all see the Instagram, sis, okay? I'm I'm on there, I'm supportive. I'm like, like, if you make it into mm-hmm. my feed with the IG models, you probably out here thotting. That's that's and it goes for all of you of all genders. If you my friend mm-hmm. and I see your picture in the in my feed, because my algorithm in my feed, is honey, yes, the leather, I'll be like, ooh, I like. My algorithm is very just sex positive, for lack of a better. It is for yep. sex positive to put a spin on it. Let's say that. Uh, and so it's just if it's just like, listen, it's Buffy the body and 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 it's uh, Reggie playing tennis I, and it's uh, Marissa with the low t- cut top. I'm liking them all because I'm like, you earned mm. it. Okay, you you beat out Baja Yogi today. Okay, you doing oh. it today. Um. <laughs> Uh, on, you, you beat the strip club uh, Instagram accounts that I follow. You gonna get this like right? 
I still want to find out how these two things come together for a show, but glad you had fun, Karen. Maybe Pole is part of the Renaissance training program, LOL. Hus- come on through. <laughs> I'm, I'm out to do that fight. I see Beyonce. Hugs and kisses. You're always polling. Sometimes funny. Extra friend, Reese. Thank you, Marissa. <laughs> Reese. Sorry, I said uh, they talking about keep them off the pole. I'm about to get on the pole. I don't know if that's good or bad, baby. <laughs> All right, this is another long one. This is from our girl uh, Kadian, um, okay, uh, or Katrina. I'm sorry, it's from our girl Katrina. Um, she says, "Hi, Rod and Karen. I hope you are both well. Time has really been beating me down the last few weeks, so I kept keep kept forgetting to leave feedback. You guys always entertain me, whether it's y'all catching up because of Rod being the NYC or a regular ass show." Or when you have guests. Speaking of which, I know this is mad late, but I still wanted to write in about a few things about you two and Bossy discussed during the selective outrage by Chris Rock. Since it's so late, I'll skip the general reactions and stick to a few topics you and Bossy brought up. And then she said, edit it to add. I'm fine. It's, I'm fine if you can't read this on the air due to it being too long. It's very long, but I'm going to try. Okay. Timeline for processing trauma she says i love your nuanced discussion about the part, last part of chris special when he talked about being assaulted by will i too felt a little disappointed that the material he created for it was rather shallow especially the last joke about not fighting in front of white people but the more i started to think about it i kind of felt fucked up about my view i'm saying this personally but i'm not about child or anyone else who thought that audiences are entitled to be disappointed or wish for better i started to think does this man owe us better jokes for something he experienced but tens of millions of people had opinions on. Uh, does he owe it to me to have processed this trauma in nuanced ways to turn it into specifically creative output? Though it was not physical violence in front of millions, I have experienced being dragged on Tumblr years ago by one person, followed by a bunch of supporters, and I promise I didn't say anything foul or fucked up. I, it did a number on me psychologically and physically, and I was not in therapy during that period. Incidentally, I started listening to Blackout Tips a few weeks later. Well, here's let me say this, though. I don't want, uh, and hopefully, you know, uh, hopefully just you're giving me an opportunity to clear it up mm-hmm. i'm not saying i'm disappointed in this special i'm not even saying um it wasn't good i think i said specifically i thought it was good i think and maybe it's because of the industry i'm in now and the fact that i people have to be critical of my work for me to reach the highest level of my work it can't be like they can't be like hey well maybe you're not ready to make those jokes they have to come in and be like here's where you can make it better right and looking at specifically just what he did as a comedian and this ain't i'm not better than chris i just ain't no shade i'm saying i felt like it was a good special that could have been a great special and he's capable of another great special in my opinion i know people will disagree with that especially those of y'all that never thought he had a great special but you know i don't agree with y'all but if there's a great special in there that only he can tell is what I'm saying. And he can only tell that when he's ready to tell that. So I don't expect him to push back this special. I just feel like the special when he's truly ready, if he ever is, that's the one I'm really looking forward to. Cause like I said, I want to know funny, the funny, what he can get out of comedy. If, if he wants to challenge himself in this way, he may not, but what can you get out of comedy? That's about, how you felt during that night for real and go through the moments like tell us you know like i said when they there's jokes that are could be so funny about can you call the police on a black man who's about to win an oscar and how fucked up it is to ask you to be the one to make the decision 
and it's and and how fucked up it is you know for it to be on the the night a black dude is producing the oscars for the first time like um the the after party how it affects his relationship what did his family say to him about it you see what i'm saying guys i'm this is not this is not a mean place i'm not one of these chris rock hating niggas and i'm not saying he 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 should have been able to do that last night i'm saying if you ask me how i feel about the special i'm like it was good um and and at the end of the day i'm not gonna put it above his oldest shit you know i think those are really great but i thought it was good i was i was higher on it than a lot of people that work in comedy but i was like a great special is just not in the cards right now. You know, he, he seemed keyed up. He seemed a very emotional at the end and not just performance. Like he was still mad about it and it's going to be a while. And he get, he should be able to take as long as he wants to. And if ever he don't owe us shit, he never has to make those jokes. He never has to say anything I just said, but I'm, but if you're asking me my opinion as a viewer, that's what I think would have made that special iconic is him really living in that shit for like 20, 30 minutes and giving us like, no, for lack of a better term, the blow by blow of like, this is what it was like to be Chris Rock that night. And this is how my mind processed it, you know? Um, is that I started to think, oh wait, da, 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 da. she said, I was so beset with anxiety for weeks. The incident was like an infestation of bed bugs in my mind. that I couldn't fumigate. I eventually got on a SSRI antidepressant because I was literally still data gathering on the site for my PhD. So I couldn't opt out and log off my whole dissertation, depending on analyzing fandom posts. Anyway, my point is that a year later, I tried to present a paper related to my experience at a conference and I was, it was not good. I had not processed the shit enough to turn it into anything useful. Finally, in 2020, when I was writing up my dissertation, I was able to discuss personally and intellectually more on that in the last section of the email. <laughs> this email guy got a glossary with it. We got an indendum. <laughs> she like, listen, y'all gonna get these words. It, it took five damn years back to therapy, reading and willingness to for, face the trauma and learn something about myself from it. Only recently, two weeks ago, did I connect the anxiety spiral I experienced in 2015, the childhood trauma over my Jamaican accent in elementary school. I was that seven-year-old girl all over again. Again, a brick wall at recess, against a brick wall at recess being called Jamaican body scratcher, booty scratcher, I'm sorry, booty scratcher by my peers. This is not the same as Chris, but perhaps what we saw in that special was just the initial tra- processing of his trauma. His body language, the rising tension in his body, the anger were all things I could feel through the screen. I recognize it because I've been there. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's obviously subjective, but I've never seen Chris Rock that mad. Like, I've seen him do anger on stage, right. but it didn't feel like that. Like, that shit felt, he was mad. Like, it wasn't just, I'm I'm hyping up my emotion to deliver the punchline. It didn't matter if, maybe because it was live and it was the first time most of us were seeing it, it just felt right. extra. Uh, and, I, and once again, not a judgment of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> who knows how any of us would feel in those situations, you know? Right. But she said uh, his body language, I could feel it through the screen. I recognize it because I've been there. If he ever revisits March 22nd in the future, we may get a sharper take on it, to be perfectly honest. I reread the chapter in my dissertation about what happened, and I think I could go deeper with it. But that's how time and processing work. And to be real, I'm low-key having anxiety attacks. I write this email, but I'm fine. I need to write this. <laughs> Moving on. 
opting in and out of victimhood. The other part of Chris Rock's special I did want to address was his reluctance to identify as a victim. The parallels with the earlier part of the special when he talked about people being victims to get attention on social media. So he had already set up victimhood as an identity tied to manipulation. It got me thinking that circumstances under which people identify and disidentify with victim label, especially on social media. This is a simplified distinction I came up with victim identity, legitimate victims who have been wronged or violated in some identifiable way where the power dynamics are clear, validate validates their experience. Uh, also under that, if being a victim allows a person to escape all or most accountability for their part of the situation, or if they they might identify as a victim, if being a victim allows a person to access power via manipulation or sympathy or empathy, usually allowed legit, usually that is allowed to quote unquote legitimate victims, right? Then she says vic, victim disidentification. When the victim label signifies weakness, vulnerability, penetrability, especially if it clashes with social perceptions of masculinity, e.g. male suffers a sexual assault, and narrow definitions of strength, especially though when strength is about race, gender, sexuality, class, or any combination of those. And the other one was when the victim label places a person in danger. This is unrefined, but that's the gist, I think. What's interesting is that Chris kind of did identify as a victim when he pointed out the power dynamics, height, build, reputation between him and Will. He basically called Will a bully. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's a little not. So it's I don't want to say dishonest, but denial. It feels a little bit like he's just in denial. Social media and communities of disaffection. Lastly, I'm so sorry. You, Rod, brought up the fact that people on social media create community out of shared sense of hatred. Absolutely. I expanded on this point in my dissertation chapter that focused on fan antagonisms and interracial conflicts. Communities of dissatisfaction are mirrors of communities of affection or what we typically call fandoms. Instead of forming a shared bonding over the object of the affection, game, TV show, celebrity, etc., they develop shared bonds from a negative space in order to maintain the bonds of the group. They have to keep hating because this is the basis of the group socialization. Getting out of that can be difficult because there's emotional attachment there. I know mm -hmm. you have mentioned Sarah Schulman's book, Schulman's book, Conflict is Not Abuse, and the flying monkeys thing on social media. I only just started that book. Yes, this what the fuck I'm talking about. So I had created a different categories when writing about the different players connected to the communities of disaffection. I used a high school football game based analogy flaming baton twiller uh this is the leader of disaffection the one who sources the material of the hot takes shit posting reactions and come smell this aggregator aggregator uh they have to reach higher and higher heights with their baton twirling maneuvers to impress and garner attention from the group keep them invested and keep their status as leader without the cheerleaders of the group they have nothing the next group right cheerleaders everybody else in the disaffected community aka the flying monkeys the cheerleaders support the leader through dissemination and negative commentary and they don't want to start anything but will absolutely add to the thread if the leader starts it adds to the group coherence to multiply opportunities for the group to bond yeah and i think if mm -hmm. you've become popular on social media to some level because i've experienced this there are people who want to be your flying monkeys and they Whether really be, be waiting not. like they like they want to show they like you and their way of showing they like you is like if I have a problem with someone or something, they're willing to go harass that person on my behalf. I've just never mm -hmm. wanted that. I know people who have assumed I would want that. I know people who have. And I think mostly because if they were in my situation, they would abuse that type of thing and have people doing that shit. But they, right. they, they react to me like I would be the kind of person that do that. But I'm not. I don't want it. I really genuinely. It's not even that I don't want it. It, 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 
it 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 skews me out. I don't right, like that. Part of your personality, right? Yeah, I don't need the friend with me that's like I'll punch a nigga in the face for any. Like I'm like no 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 no. I don't I don't carry that energy. You don't got to carry it on my behalf. Nope. You know, I don't want to jump nobody. I want to make no like. And if I have a problem with somebody, I'm perfectly fine dealing with it myself. I don't need this. Ain't a loyalty challenge where I got to punch them and then look at you like you gonna punch them. Like I'm punching them because I want to punch them. It ain't got shit to do with you. <laughs> uh, audience in the stand. These are the people who are happy to watch the game unfold from these sidelines. They may even like post and tweets, but will not retweet or comment. They love the mess and sometimes seek it out, but will not be seen as part of the cheerleaders. They could easily disinvest and some real consequences pop up. Right. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of them motherfuckers will change on you too. Yep. At the drop of a hat. Yeah. Like those are the ones I'll be talking about when I'm like, y'all on this therapist dick right now, but she's one TikTok from everybody being like, man, fuck her. One post, one word. Right. Cause at first therapist, everybody was on her back, had her back. And then she got fired and she started posting like GoFundMe's and talking about how she was saving us and she was, you know, like she was the hero in this situation, a martyr of some type. And there was a lot of people that I had seen egging her own that suddenly was like, man, I ain't giving you no money. You look stupid. You lost your job. Ha ha ha. Yep. Okay, I'm sorry. They don't care. It's nothing. They have no investment. Right. Okay, I'm sorry. That was lo- both long and sort of explanation in some places. Pay some places. Thanks for reading and for being who you are. Love y'all, Katrina. Love you back, Katrina. And uh, I, I read the whole thing because uh, you wrote, you, you took the time to write the whole thing, and mm-hmm. uh, we appreciate you. You know, we do. Uh, and, and I think Katrina is one of the people that I saw her kind of tweeting about this, and I actually DM'd her, and we had like a discussion in the DMs because I don't want to talk to people about it on the timeline in front of everybody. It's just right. ridiculous. But I was, but. I legitimately just wanted to pick her brain. Like it wasn't like a, you need to feel this way. Why you say that? It was like a, you know, like, so what do you think about it? And, you know, cause I'm, I'm like, maybe I'm missing the perspective. It's, it, it can happen, you know, it can happen. But like some of this stuff in the way it's couched, like even, even the way that therapist talked about, I'm doing emotional labor for my male clients. It just felt weird. Cause like you're actually being compensated for whatever this layer this like yes, you know what i'm saying like free. you literally doing a job that requires you to labor through people's emotions it's mm-hmm. it just feel like a it, it just don't make sense like it to no, some extent don't. they're paying you to be here i don't understand it's you're like, not doing it for free and you're not doing it for charity that's what it is that's what it is i've been trying to put my finger on this the whole time it's like you're using your personal relationship and personal life complaint in your professional life and it d- is not congruent because it is a pro- if you want me to respect it as a profession it is a profession you know what i'm saying it would be like an actor saying yeah i you know i worked on the set of this movie and uh they made me kiss leonardo dicaprio and you're like what you took the role of leonardo dicaprio's love interest in titanic you didn't think you want to kiss him well, it's just, it's my body, it's my right, and I just feel like they made me do sexual labor kissing Leonardo DiCaprio. And it's like, some people would eat it up because of the, the it's the nature of the wording of the personal victimhood. They'd be like, yeah, that was deep. They violated your boundaries, sis. But a lot of us would be like, dog, that's literally what the job is. Like, yes. They will go, you will go, like, you can't derail a whole movie because you decided to take it personal that 
the role of this character as a love interest would eventually kiss this man that's kind of the that's kind of the difference i think for for me so john says good morning ron and karen i think you nailed it about the oscars people at the academy are absolutely obsessed with narratives whether it's a legend of the craft finally getting acknowledged or sometimes a new up-and-comer surprising anyone or someone coming back after years away from the industry their votes are based on who they like which narrative is the most exciting for them in any given moment i still haven't seen wakanda forever yes i know it makes me racist that's right you are white but i thought stephanie Sue's performance was so much better than jamie lee's and everything everywhere all at once though jamie lee's was good my guess is that the legend who finally gets her due narrative was the real winner hopefully miss bassett will get rewarded for the same someday yeah it's so weird because people always say that they go oh they should have won x amount of years ago it's like well that definitely set up the narrative <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like denzel losing for malcolm x kind of sets up the training day narrative like next time he gets one of these type of movies we can't let him lose because we already done did him wrong and while you're giving it to him someone's getting done wrong that year <laughs> you know if you believe in that shit i think i have the perfect american solution for school shootings retrofit every school so the classrooms are built over a pool of battery acid with a bunch of trap doors on the floor when an active shooter situation happens the teacher can use a remote control to drop the shooter into the acid hopefully picking the right trap door yeah that's smart (laughs) you know and no kid will ever accidentally (laughs) fall in no child will ever get a hold of the switch no no one no no teacher will ever go crazy and just I mean, I wouldn't do anything that empowered teachers to have weapons in school because have y'all met y'all's kids? Right. Like some of these motherfuckers, it won't be a school shooting. It'd just be a that kid shooting if teachers have guns. A little disrespectful motherfucker. Pow! A little disrespectful motherfucker. Now who's next? Two plus two is what? Say what, motherfucker? Nah, anyway. It'll be a problem. <laughs> sure, there's a significant chance they might get it wrong and innocent child will end up dying excruciating death, but at least we won't hurt the feelings of gun owners. Yeah, America. Fuck yeah. Fuck when, yeah. When you start that discussion, I immediately saying the ghetto to my uh car stereo. Just curious, what is that clip? Where's that clip from? It's a song, right? Oh talk no, no, no. You talk he's talking about the ghetto. The ghetto. Nene oh. Leaks from Real Housewives of Atlanta, I believe. Yes. Uh, Karen. That's my clip right there. Karen, when you said Major League Baseball was probably the sponsor to the Justice Smollett documentary, I almost spilled my coffee. Hilarious. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and lastly, this is probably more a pregame show, but I really hope nothing terrible happens to Leon and Wanda on Snowfall. Can we talk about how the Wanda, how gorgeous Wanda looks in these African prints? Oh, yeah. Uh, cheers and stay safe. Yeah, d- man, it's so funny. It's so funny. And it's, <laughs> this happens to so many black actors that you play a crackhead. And it's like, motherfuckers really think you that crackhead. Right. I don't know why, because it don't work for every other role. Like if a black person play a doctor on a TV show, we not motherfuckers don't come up to you like, "Hey man, I'm having heart palpitations." Uh, I know you were on Grey's Anatomy, but if a black person crack crackhead, motherfuckers really like that's a crackhead. And then when you see that they're an actor playing a part, and you see them on Instagram or in a magazine cover, or something all of a sudden your penis gets hard, and it's like, God damn, I want to fuck that crackhead. It's like, no, nigga, that 
that fuckable actor was playing a crackhead. They was always oh. bad. And I think yes. the person, the, the actress who plays Wanda from Snowfall was a victim of being too good at playing Wanda from Snowfall. Because every ah. I've seen so many people pass, showing the... They were showing the picture. I'll pull it up. I'm pulling it up right now. Okay. They were showing uh, showing pictures of Wanda from her name is Gail Bean. They were showing pictures of Gail Bean as Wanda next to pictures of Gail Bean as uh, Gail Bean on her Instagram and being like, "Look at this." I'm like, "Nigga, she didn't get off crack." <laughs> right? She's acting. <laughs> she was a bad. She was bad as fuck the whole time. What? Anyway. It's just it's and it's only crackheads, isn't it? I don't know that there's any other role. Well, obviously every man that plays an abusive man, you know, uh, we know how that goes. But yeah, so this is you can see a picture right here, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's her with the makeup on and everything. I don't know how big it is Whoa, on your screen. Bro. And then, with them lips, let's go. Yeah, she. I mean, she was fine the whole time on the show and all this stuff, but. She played a crackhead and all of a sudden we was having issues. And then this is her. This is her in the crackhead makeup. And of course, you know, she looks terrible because she's supposed to. Right. That's makeup. Yeah. So like this whole like thing they were going through of like, look at this. I was like, what? Why did you assume that was some groundbreaking shit? (laughs) Man, I would fuck Wanda from Snowfall. Like, yes, of course, nigga. Plus, she wasn't a crackhead the whole time on the show. <laughs> There's a period of time when she was still just Wanda, his girlfriend, and she looked good then. It's ah, people crazy, man. Um, but yeah, she she of course looks great. Africa looks great on her. And I also mm-hmm. love how like uh black people in all these TV shows and movies is like, just go to Africa. It'll work out. <laughs> just what part of Africa? Africa. Show up. <laughs> get off the plane talk to the first black person you say and say show me my show me my house that ain't how this shit works <laughs> and they go oh shit you ride from america yeah we got you set up here on the third third street like that you know africa guys mm-hmm. Guess like, that's not how that works like belly this <laughs> is <just> africa <laughs> all right y'all that's it got off to a late start finishing kind of late karen has chicken to eat um don't forget to send me the titles karen i know uh, I know how you get about your chicken, 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 chicken. chicken. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back. Um, so we may do another show or two this week, possibly, but there's gonna be a break for a little bit because Karen's gonna be up here and stuff, and so y'all won't yes. see. Um, we won't be recording at that point in time, you know. Mm-mm. So we'll see y'all. Um, when we see y'all. Uh, time permitting. Until then, I love you. I love you too. Mwah. Mwah.